The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. We need to go back to preschool today. You remember those days? Remember those days when, when your pre-K teacher taught you about the senses, and you became alive to them? Maybe, maybe your pre-K teacher put some sand in your hand, and she said, can you feel it? Maybe your pre-K teacher then got out a picture of a lush green forest, and she said, do you see it? Then she said, close your eyes, close your eyes, and we're going to pass something around class. And, and she said, take a deep smell of it. And you smelled an onion. And then, and then your pre-K teacher said, close your eyes again. And, and if you're like me, she got out a tape deck. And she played a recording of a cricket. And she said, do you hear it? We've got to go back to pre-K today so that we become sensitive again to our senses. And I know that sounds strange a little bit, but that's what exactly what St. John wants us to do. This is why he tells us the stories that he does. Do you remember the story of the blind man? Where Jesus gives to a man sight, and yet everyone around him, Jesus says, couldn't see at all. And then if you keep reading right after this lesson, if you keep reading, what, what John's going to do is he's going to quote from Isaiah, and he says, you people, your hearts are so hard you can't hear and you cannot see because you're not sensitive to your senses. Are you ready to hear? And are you ready to see? Because if you are, then you're ready to hear and to see this lesson. Will you stand out of respect for the words and works of Jesus? And listen carefully as John names for us the senses. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to, the, to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was, not for, was, was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I'm lifted up from this earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the light does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Amen. The Greeks wanted to see. And so it goes a little bit like this. The Greeks go to Philip. Philip goes to Andrew, and Andrew and Philip go to Jesus, and Jesus, you know, he doesn't really answer their request, at least not in an upfront kind of way. Instead, Jesus breaks into this dialogue with them about this hour that has come, and how He's sort of like a seed that's got to get planted into the ground and that they're supposed to hate their life or something like that. And then they're going to serve Jesus. And then the world's going to be condemned and the Son of Man's going to be lifted up. And then you get to the very end of this thing that just about nobody understood. And this is what John says. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left. And hid himself from them. So let's just make this really simple. The Greeks, they go to Jesus and they say, We would, they go to Philip and they say, We would like to see Jesus. And this is his answer He hides himself. They never do get to see. Jesus, and so they lose 
sight of him. And then, and then, not just to speak of the loss of sight, but there's also the loss of hearing here. Three times in the gospel, God's voice booms down from heaven. And already this year here at Sure Foundation, we've heard two of them. First at his baptism, the Father breaks the silence of the world and he shouts down from heaven, this is my son. And then at the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, they're talking about the Son of Man being lifted up and the Father again breaks the silence of the world and he says, you are my son. And now for the first time in the fourth gospel, St. John's gospel, The third time in history, God breaks the silence of the world and he speaks. And this is what he says. He says, glory. G-L-O-R-Y. Glory. But the people are not sensitive to their spiritual senses. They cannot hear it. It's what St. John tells us. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. So God speaks and what do the people hear? They hear a deafening silence. Some people, you know, they put on their scientific hats and they get all their naturalistic explanations out and they say, wow, it must have thundered. Certainly it couldn't have been God speaking. And then some people, they get all new agey, you know, like spiritualistic, and they get a little bit closer to the truth, and they think, well, I think that somebody said something. It must be angels. At least they figured out that speech was happening. But the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is this. Neither the people that heard it thunder or the people that heard the angels speaking, supposedly, heard it right. They had lost their sensitivity to their spiritual senses. And what we have here is a significant hearing loss. Perhaps you're starting to see, perhaps you're starting to see what St. John's trying to say, say to us oh so softly about human spiritual perception. But if you're not catching his oh-so-easy-and-soft way of saying it, let me say it in a way that maybe a New Yorker would understand better. Human beings struggle to perceive God. In fact, they can hear the very voice of God thunder from above and say glory and think that it's thunder. You know who we're a little bit like? A guy in the news this past week, Stephen Hawking. This is a guy, this is a guy who marveled. He marveled with his beautiful mind at the cosmos 
and the order that God had created, it was Stephen Hawking, he said, and he's right. He said, look at the stars and be amazed. And his heart was lifted up. But even as he heard, saw the stars, he did not hear them speak. He did not hear them saying, God is great and marvelous to have created all of this. He could not hear spiritually. How dull are our perceptions when, when we hold babies? Do we see in them the very face of God and the marvelous human being that has, He has created? Or when we're sitting there, and I think this is the toughest place to hear and see God, when we're sitting there holding the hand of someone that we love in the hospital, and we think in our minds, God, where are you now? Are you here now even in my pain and in my loss? And we fail to see. We fail to see that God is there. He's just hiding himself behind the masks of the doctors and the nurses. We've become pretty dull. And we begin to think actually that God has gone silent. And that God has maybe disappeared. But here's the truth of the matter. God has not gone silent And He has not disappeared. It's just that we have become deaf. And we have become blind. And so you know what God does? You know what God does? It's an amazing thing that He does. He actually turns up the volume. It's almost like if you've gone to the Barclays Center and they have the volume so loud that when they play that rap song, your whole body just like shakes because the volume is up so loud. That's what God does so that we can maybe begin to feel the vibrations that maybe, just maybe, it's not thunder that has just happened, but the very voice of God has shouted down and said glory. He turns up the volume, but that's not all He does. He puts a spotlight on something. Actually, He puts a spotlight on someone so that we can see God. This is what Jesus says. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. The spotlight is shining on the Son of Man who is lifted up so that we can see Him. But not just on that. The spotlight is shining on the Son of Man who draws all people to Himself. 
Because this is a sight, our God knows us well, this is a sight that we just have to see and we hate ourselves for it. Because the only reason we look is because there's a part of us that wants to look at the violence. It's, it's, like, it's like that gawker traffic jam. You know the one I'm talking about? Like, there is no reason on God's green earth that you just sat in that traffic jam for the last hour because the accident happened on the other side of the road. But everyone, everyone covered the eyes of their children and looked at the crumpled SUV on the other side of the highway. You hate yourself for it, but you just, you just got to look. It's like that with the Son of Man who has been lifted up. The mothers covered the eyes of their children and the fathers were there too. But they just had to go and look. The Son of Man, the One who healed, now sick unto death. The Son of Man, the Son of Man who gave life to Lazarus, Lazarus, ironically, incredibly ironically, the one who gave life is killed for it. The son of man who claimed to be a king of a kingdom not of this world is crowned a king. And his throne was his cross and his crown was a crown of thorns. And you hate yourself for it. There's a part of you you hate yourself for it, but you just gotta look. You just gotta look at this man who has been crumpled up. Are you starting then to see God? Helen Keller. You've heard of her? Helen Keller was a woman who lost her sight before she was two. In other words, the world went dark. As if she was living in this dark jail. But it was worse than that. Did you know that she was also, she was also deaf? So the world, before she was two, went dark, and it went silent. It was as if she was living in this impenetrable box, and no light got in there, and no sound got in there. She was almost all by herself. Her senses had just went dead to the world. Ann Sullivan was Helen Keller's teacher. And do you know how she taught her to see and to hear? This is what she did. Ann Sullivan would put into Helen Keller's hand 
like a cup. And Helen Keller would, would feel all of its contours, the curve of the cup. And then Anne Sullivan would take it away, and then she would spell in the palm of her hand, C, U, P, cup. And it was in this way, spelling in the palm of her hand, that the world opened up to Helen Keller. Did you know that, that she's actually the first blind, deaf woman to graduate from college? It's an amazing thing. Maybe this time in your life has already come. Maybe that time is now. Maybe the time will come when the tears will blur your vision and you will no longer be able to see God. And this is what I want you to do when you can no longer see or hear and you're asking and muttering to God a very simple prayer. God, where are you? Put into the palm of your hand a cross and feel its rigid contours, the way the angles of the cross there, the broken body that hangs on it, a love and a treasure just for you. And then this is what I would like you to do. Begin to spell into the palm of your hand a very simple word, G-L-O-R-Y, pause, O-F, pause, G-O-D. And the words begin to form in your mind. Glory of God. And then the world will open up to you. You will see God. Amen.